0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: The Opinion Line on Courts 96 FM. the most disturbing pieces of news audio that I heard in the last while, I'm going to play it to you now. Not so much for what she's saying, but it's the context. This is a nurse called Sylvia Winters, and she gave... Uh, testimony last week at the Erectus Committee on Health, I think it was one of them anyway, talking about being attacked and threatened at work and uh, here's what she said, or here's just a clip of what she said. I have been spat at I have been um, verbally abused, I have been threatened that when I leave work that evening I will be stabbed as I get into my car. Um, I have Grown men, six foot four, towering over me, throwing objects at me. Um, it is a daily basis, and I do not feel safe going to work. I watched that, her testimony back, and she said, she said more than that. She spoke for quite a few minutes. But that wasn't, to me, actually, the most shocking element of what she said. The shocking element of what she said is that Sylvia Winters is a children's nurse, and its parents and, and adults accompanying the children that are turning on her so it's we're going to talk to dr chris luke who's been writing about this in the examiner and chris you've come across your fair your fair uh, proportion of this in in your career what shocked me most chris was not that sylvia it was attacked but it was that she was attacked in a children's ward by adults good morning
2: good morning Peter, yes i'm afraid That's a mark of the, I suppose, the spread of uh, aggression and and violence uh, across the health the health system. I mean, I I wrote a piece last week suggesting that there was nothing particularly new about violence and threats to to healthcare staff. Uh, Certainly not in my forty years. I mean, it was always an an issue, in in particularly in inner city departments uh, where I started in the early eighties in Dublin. But what 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 is new lately is the spread of serious ag- aggression to GP surgeries and to the children's hospitals, emergency departments, and wards. And that that's, that's a, um, I suppose a an indic- a sad indicator of, of of the degree of violence uh, in in our society, which of course inevitably spreads to places that are at the front line, like emergency departments. Mm.
1: Like you wrote yourself and you said yourself many times over the years difficulty makes people difficult. So working in an emergency department where people come in in pain and in crisis, they can be touchy, they can be difficult, and and that's part of the skill in dealing with that. But this is a whole different level.
2: Yes, I mean, you know, the thing is this... Um in a sense, people are understandably frustrated and exasperated and, you know, also sometimes desperate. You know, desperation is, 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 the, is the ultimate, I suppose, extent of, of frustration and so forth and fear. Uh, and, of course, people who are uh, with the little children, particularly in, in hospital. Uh, may well have, you know, considerable levels of anxiety and fear about their their children's uh, condition, uh, and you know, if they're stuck in an emergency department in a children's hospital, which is obviously overwhelmed, and there are hours and hours of waiting, and the conditions in the waiting room are, are, are difficult, you know, fraught, noisy, uh, and so forth. You, you can understand why it, it boils over, but the problem is that. Um, this is now such a problem that you know, one of the things that was heard by the Oireachtas Health Committee last week was that 30 nurses in our children's hospitals in Dublin have now quit their uh, staffing posts, which is devastating because, you know, as as we all know, uh, recruitment and retention in in the system uh, is, is already very difficult and to think that People are now leaving because they're afraid of going to work. They're afraid of what will happen
1: to them at work. I mean, it's just it's shocking and, and, and desperate. As I said to you, what shocked me most about Sylvia's testimony was not what she said, but it was the context of it happening in a children's ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, as I, I would say, uh, the, the reasons I think it's happening is because, you know, we've discussed this before, Pj, the whole issue of incivility you know, first of all, as I say, you, you've got to expect people to be frustrated and frightened and anxious, and sometimes even desperate uh, about their their loved ones, uh, and that to some extent is understandable. But what is, in a sense, unforgivable is when they resort to violence and threats, such as the ones that we hear. the shock. I mean, the shocking threats against that poor staff nurse in one of the paediatric hospitals in, in Dublin last week. Um, and I, I, you know, I, you know, I, I believe this is part of the whole bubbling up of, of incivility See you know this kind of a levels of border you know bubbling ag- uh, aggression uh, towards other people that is often driven I'm afraid by by drink and drug taking uh, you know I mean if you look for example at that uh, I think that's remarked upon very regularly you know parents screaming abuse at refs on a, on a Saturday or Sunday morning you know in, in you know in the soccer or the rugby or the GAA I mean I was a you know, a medical coach in, in Cork for a long time, and when I saw that, I always thought this guy just—this is, just, he, this is a, a, somebody just really hung over with a bad hangover. And I think that's undoubtedly an issue. You know, the people who are hung over um, now on the sidelines, and of course, uh, as we as we've heard. You know, we've now got not just alcohol, but but, but cocaine and, and sleeping tablets and all sorts being taken on a on a massive scale in in this country. And there are, I suppose, there are five intoxicants which particularly drive the violence. There's, mm-hmm. you know, alcohol, amphetamines, benzodiazepines, or sleeping tablets, cannabis, and cocaine. Yeah. And those five those five drugs are basically, I think, the great drivers of. Of incivility and, 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 and aggression because obviously in the olden days when there was mainly just the drink and the tobacco uh, alcohol is a sedative so after a certain number of drinks people tend to fall over and fall asleep which was a sort of a built in safety yes. now, now we have all the energy drinks plus the, the other uh, drinks being taken so people are up all night and they're exhausted and they're becoming increasingly addicted to, mm-hmm. to cocaine for example uh, and they're all dro- things that drive, drive serious belligerence mm-hmm. and aggression
1: Yeah, yeah. You say in your piece in The Examiner, Chris, I'm not convinced that the great and the good, academic, political or managerial, have grasped the scale of violence faced by healthcare professionals, which brings us back to the whole, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I I came across
2: I came across a piece there in my journal from two thousand and eleven where, uh, you know, as you will well, well remember, P.J. I mean, conditions were just were, were more or less as bad then as they are now. You know, the the departments in the city were overwhelmed on a daily basis. You know, month after month. Uh, and there was one particular day when suddenly, mysteriously, magically, um, everybody was evacuated. There were no car, no trolleys, and the the, car, the walls were painted and spruced up. Uh, and lo and behold, a minister or somebody important appeared uh, with somebody senior in in management, and then of course disappeared again. And then shortly afterwards, there was a, a relapse of the of the massive overcrowding. And I must say, I took I took a picture of the, of the situation, and I, I I you know I, I didn't quite. Posted, but I, I, it, it, it was a. You were tempted. Accurate, oh my God! I was so angry um, that the the uh, the staff, the management, would actually do this sort of thing to, to staff. It was such, a, such a sort of a blatant falsehood a yeah. false representation of, of the reality, and basically saying that the staff were were, were, were effectively lying. You know, I mean, if the staff think it's, its conditions are very difficult. A minister appeared in Seoul, this smell of sweet, of you know fresh paint and baking, and, you know, it's all glossy and lovely and empty and quiet. You know, it's, it's, it's been a terrible thing too, to do to stop.
1: You say that you recall, hmm. in your own experience, being threatened and maybe even smacked, but you write of a horrific case of a colleague... Whose career was instantly finished by an attack?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want this to uh, to pu- publicise the case any more than necessary, but oh. just I mean, there was a, a staff nurse friend of mine who was um, who, whose who's career was was finished by an assault in one of our city one of the city hospitals, and she was knocked to the ground and fell uh, against a trolley and basically, you know, d- 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 had a devastating injury to her neck. Uh, and that was basically the end of her, her hospital career. And I, I only quote it because it's a very real example uh, of what what nurses are up against. I mean, obviously, most of the violence and the aggression involves screaming and spitting and and just people being just basically horrible to the staff, uh, which is in itself absolutely relentless and uh, really grinds them down. But but there's no doubt that every now and again, there's a, a, a very severe physical assault uh, on reception staff on on nurses and and on other staff which you know your your, your daughter's
1: a doctor now isn't she chris and she recently had her own experience and she was lucky to escape a swinging fist how does that make you feel as a daddy yeah
2: i know well it 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 depresses me that things haven't changed and uh yeah i there was something you're, you're absolutely right the thing is BJ, that um, the staff become so inured, they become so used to this bubbling threat of the whole time uh, of, of of violence and, and aggression that they almost kind of I I call it a siege mentality when they're they're just so used to it happening on an hourly or daily basis and they're always waiting for the next they're always vigilant for the next next attack the next uh, uh, outburst or, or or even physical attack. Uh, and of course, they're often just planning their escape. But you're absolutely right. When I when I when I when I when I stopped, I'm just chatting to my daughter last week about this, and she was saying, "Oh yeah, there was a, a guy took a swing at me not long ago." And I just I I, I was able to just literally. I, she was nimble on her feet. And she just ducked back. But if the guy's big hand fist had hit her in, the, in her fragile face. I mean, I mean. That's the sort of thing that causes you know broken cheekbones and jaws and concussion and and again, as the case of my 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 friend the staff nurse, who was knocked to the ground it, it can be really it can it can be devastating if, if the if the victim is is unlucky
1: what what, if any, Chris, are the solutions here?
2: Well, you know, we've been grappling with this for years, and sadly, the, the fundamental... I mean, and this is, here's a very important point, PJ. This is a global problem. Yes. I mean, if you look at the medical literature in America, you'll see that it's one of the big drivers of, of, of doctors leaving the, the profession, the levels of yeah. aggression. It's a huge I mean, we, problem
1: with NHS, I know that, from listening to talk shows, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a huge problem. We've had doctors being shot dead by disgruntled patients not long ago. Uh, we, uh, if you look at Australia, it's the same. It's, it's even—it's devastating in India and China, if, if you drill into the literature there. Uh, you know, something like 85% of, of doctors in China have been attacked or are fearful uh, of, of their patients and so it's you know i it, it you know that that's the first thing to bear in mind so it's not just us as i keep saying you know the overcrowding thing is not just us it's the model that's it's broken and the changes in society are, are you know the, the, the real culprit i mean unfortunately the real solution is to solve the problem of overcrowding because we know that people tend to behave according to the conditions that they they face so you know we, we've known for decades That, for example, in in New York in the early 70s, when the place was basically abandoned by the middle classes uh, and there was dereliction, broken windows and violence and graffiti, that people behaved very badly. And then they had that, you know, zero tolerance situation where they they, they mended the broken windows and they got rid of the graffiti and so forth and so forth. And people's general uh, behavior improved. You know, we know for a fact that um, if a street is well maintained it's clean and, and you know and there's people you know busily walking by that people tend to be less likely to perpetrate tr- criminality so the, the main thing to do is that the- the emergency departments have got to be sufficiently resourced so that people are not enduring horrible, big, long waits with their, their loved ones, whether they're the elderly parents or their, their little children, uh, you know, and that waiting rooms are, are well maintained, that they're bright and clean and fragrant and there's mm-hmm. food and water and, and so on. And of course, unfortunately, we need other secondary things like, like you know, security, uh, panic buttons, glass and so forth. And I think probably above all, we, we do need a campaign. I mean, we, we've seen campaigns for heart attacks and strokes that, that, that do have a significant effect on people. We do need, I think, a campaign to remind people that our, our health care workers are very, very precious and they're very, very scarce and that they really can't cope with the, the levels of diligence and aggression towards them. Okay,
1: Chris, as always, a pleasure to have the benefit of your experience and your knowledge on The Opinion Line. Thank you very much. That's Dr. Chris Luke, emergency medical consultant and author. If you ever want to read a brilliant book about the health service and why it doesn't work and how brilliant it could be. Uh, his book came out in 2021. It's called A Life in Trauma. Uh, always a pleasure to listen to him on The Opinion Line. That's Dr. Chris Luke. Courts 96FM